there, book gang. This is Amy Allen Clark from momadvice.com. I'm so excited to share another episode with you today. Today's topic is The Great Escape, and I can think of nothing better than new books to escape with right now. Just a reminder, this podcast, it's made possible through the support of our Patreon community. For just $5 a month, you get to join me after every episode to expand the stack together. This is where we discuss those big bookish feelings, dissect what I learn each week, and give you suggestions for books based on our topics. To learn more, head to patreon.com backslash momadvice. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash momadvice to access the entire catalog of bonus materials. And the bonus materials are extensive. For this month, I've made you a spooky season playlist that's perfect for pairing with your favorite thriller, mystery, or horror read for the Halloween season. I thought it would be fun to add a monthly episode where we can feature our Mom Advice Book Club members, especially since so many of you have such amazing book suggestions and read so many different genres than I do. I can think of no better way, honestly, to explore that than talking with you about your book stacks. This episode is dedicated to our readers who want to escape from reality. Today, Christina Reed shares a few of her favorite books that allowed her to escape real life and travel somewhere else within her book stack. Let's get started. Hi, Christina. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk books with you. And I want to let our readers know that Christina and I brainstormed topics together. First, I asked her to cover coming-of-age stories, and you said... (laughs) (laughs) That's probably the one genre where I'm like, oh, it's a coming-of-age story. No, thank you. (laughs) And I love coming-of-age stories, so I was trying to suck her into that. And then she suggested, what if we talk about literature as an escape? which is perfect for right now, especially because I think people are really looking for ways to get away from reality for sure. I thought that is a genius idea. I asked for a big book list from you. So I'm excited because of all of the suggestions that you had, there was only one on the entire stack that I had read. So you read a lot of books that are different than me, and I'm excited to explore the stack with you. So do you want to tell me a little bit about yourself and your reading life? Sure, absolutely. I'm a stay-at-home mom with chronic illnesses, so I spend a lot of time resting, which is why I read a ton of books. I was a missionary on Oahu for several years, and then I recently moved back in with my family here in Texas. My husband is a middle school teacher. I love it. And you also have an Instagram account. Do you want to tell them what your Instagram handle is so that people can follow you on there too? Because you do a lot on your account with reading. Oh, absolutely. I love the Bookstagram community. I'm reading R-E-I-D with K uh, on Instagram, just reading with K. Perfect. Well, I thought we could lead with before we go into your stack and my stack, that we could talk about what you've been reading lately. So what are you working on right now? I am working on Sarah J. Mass's Throne of Glass books. So I'm on Empire of Storms. I think that's book five. Okay. So you've been following the series for a while. You're really invested in these characters if you're on the fifth book. Yeah. By the fifth book, you either love it or just trying to be a completist and finish it. And I'm enjoying it. It's a fantasy series. It is. It is. It's a great fantasy series. My older sister actually 
isn't a huge reader because she just doesn't have a lot of time. And she was like, you have to read these books, Christina. You have to. Why have you not read these books? So I'm finally reading them and seeing why she loves them so much. Oh, I love that. Well, I just finished a book called How to Save a Life, and it's written by Ava Carter. I don't know if you've seen it before. It actually was on a display at our library. Have you seen this book? I haven't seen this one. Okay. I thought she was a new author because she's writing under a pseudonym, which is very confusing as a reader when people are writing under multiple names. But I think this is her third writing name that she writes under. She also wrote under, I believe, Kate Harrison. I picked it up because it had a heart on the cover. It looked very like romance type of book. And I was looking to escape a little bit with some romance. It ended up being more of a contemporary fiction pick which is great because I love when there's meat to like romance stories. This story actually follows three characters. It's Carrie and Tim, who are best friends, and Joel, who's a classmate and a longtime crush of Carrie's. They all are in the same school, and Carrie and Tim are studying to be doctors. But Joel, who's like the third character in this and and a big part of Carrie's transformation throughout the story, is a rising soccer star. So he thinks that he's going to play soccer. He's really good at it and his team really values him. While he's playing one night on the field, Carrie actually witnesses him falling and it looks like he may need some medical intervention. Carrie and Tim run over to help and she realizes he needs CPR. She starts to try to resuscitate him and he is out for 18 minutes. During this time... Her friend Tim is just standing there because he thinks that he wants to be a doctor. But then when you get put under pressure to be the emergency person, he just freezes and he doesn't help her. And she is doing this very like Herculean effort type of resuscitation thing for him until the paramedics arrive. And so they arrive and Joel ends up going into the hospital. He ends up needing a defibrillator. This is where the story gets interesting is that you would think he would be extremely grateful for what's happened. But when he goes back to his team and finds out, oh, like you can't play anymore. He's angry at Carrie for like saving his life because his life shouldn't be saved if he can't do the one thing that he wants to do. It's a really good story. It's like 400 pages. So it's a book that you have to be invested in for a while. And I loved it. I guess that the author was inspired by her own real life adventure, I guess, with her partner because he needed resuscitating. And she used this time of her being the one administering CPR to her partner in real life as a theme for her book. I think what added to the story, and maybe because her partner is someone who had a similar journey, is that it isn't all rainbows and roses. It's not like the soap operas where you like, All of a sudden you come to and you're so much better. It's a process of acceptance. And I know that you understand this too with getting a medical diagnosis that suddenly your life is completely turned upside down and you go through these whole processes of anger and grieving and mourning something that you thought was going to happen. And I think that the author did a great job of following that journey with Joel. The only thing I would say about the story that, wasn't as satisfying is that finally we get to a place with these characters where you're like, I feel so good about where we're going with the story. And it just abruptly ends. So I was really hoping she would have an epilogue. That is the only thing that I will say that criticism as far as the book goes, because I really wanted to see where it went. 
And it was such a long journey to get there that it was a little bit dissatisfying to come to the conclusion like that, but it was still a solid read. Yeah. It's hard when they just suddenly read, right? When you're like, okay, let's see how they've redefined their life. Like, (laughs) Yeah. And I did appreciate, like, there was a lot of reality with all of that that happened within it. It was a satisfying read. I, I have not seen anything about it. So again, that one's called How to Save a Life. And I highly recommend it if you need something new in your stack. That's awesome. I may have to look into that. I love books that take either medical issues or real life things that happen to them in their own life to use as inspiration because, or if they know someone who they talk to, otherwise it just comes across as fake for those of us who actually have that. Right. When you have like a character that has like chronic fatigue or lupus or something, and you know what that kind of living is like, you're like, yeah, this is not realistic. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there could be a whole episode on that between you and I of of seeing how (laughs) chronic illness has actually become a little trendy in literature, but it doesn't always pull through the way that it should. I would say of all the the things that I read, Get a Life, Chloe Brown was probably one of the closest captures of what it would be like with chronic pain because she was like going through it. And I felt like of all the things I read, it was one of the most relatable characters than all of the things that I've read before and after since that. For sure. I actually cried reading that book because it was just such a picture of all of the things she was worried about with their relationship with a guy and her not being able to do things and being a hindrance and how that really affected living. I was like, this is my life. Like, this is what I'm going through. With your chronic illness, that's where you escape is with books because that's how I escape too. Definitely. I have like levels of escape through it. We start off with like one type, like if I'm just doing okay, but bad. You know, it's not a great day. I usually reach for like a mystery book. Yeah. It's so weird because it changes, but I love mysteries and finding it out. But that takes like mental capabilities too, because I don't just read a mystery book. I guess some people do that. My husband was floored when he married me and was like, people read books and try to figure it out before the end. He like never had tried to do that. And I was like, I love it. well, yes. How else do you read mystery books? You're trying to solve it. Yeah, exactly. So that was hilarious. One of my favorites is actually a series. It's called Crocodile on the Sandbank okay. by Elizabeth Peters. And it just adds all of that stuff that I like. There's mystery, adventure. We get to go to Egypt Ooh. and they're archaeologists. And I love that because they're like digging up old history. And so I got to learn so much about Egyptian culture, but in such a fun way. Our main character, Amelia Peabody, has the funnest personality. It's back in the era where women weren't supposed to do things. They didn't have jobs. You know, the Victorian era, she's from England, but she has a lot of money. So she's off traveling and she wants to be in the grit and do stuff. And people keep trying to tell her she can't and she just defies all odds. And her and her handy parasol come in contact. Like she's fighting people off with parasols in this book. It's so funny, but it's also just really good. The characters, it's a whole series, but each book solves a mystery each time. It becomes a thing later on. And they're just like, oh my goodness, another dig, another dead body. Because Emerson (laughs) is the other main character and he is all about archaeology. And he wants to just focus on the dig. Everything else needs to stop distracting him. All the love interests that Amelia has every every new book where she's putting people together and getting them shipped and like she's always meddling. And he's like, Peabody, we're trying to focus on the dig here. It's like <laughs> it's really hilarious. I love when series can make it where 
you have a finished ending. It's not a cliffhanger. You could finish the book and be, oh, that was wonderful read. But they also make you go, but don't you want to come back and visit your friends some more? Let's go on another mm-hmm. adventure. Like, I love that. And so the characters just grow and you get to see their life as they have kids and explore and they become part of it. And this is a series that I actually introduced my husband to. We do a lot of joint reading and I was like, we have to listen to these together because they're my favorite books Aww. ever. Because anytime spouses get into the things that you're reading. Yes. And we're actually going away next weekend. And he was like, should we read another Peabody book? (laughs) How many are there in this series? Do you know? You know, I don't know. That's okay. 14 or so. There's a lot. We have months in between reading them because it's not a series where you're left on cliffhangers or like what's going to happen next. You're you're fulfilled each book with an ending and that you could stop there. But why would you stop when there's so much more adventure ahead? Like that's the joy of that series. Whereas I feel like a lot of other series, the one I talked about at the beginning, the Sarah J Mass, that's not like that. There's kind of an ending, but it's really one whole story split up into books. So you kind of have to finish it. Yeah. And I like it when something can be read as a standalone. For me, I have commitment phobia yes. <laughs> issues. So I, I think part of it is reading for the site. People don't want me to just show eight of the same book. I have a hard time coming back to things if I start them. I also want for myself that satisfying ending. Something like Crocodile on the Sandbank would be a good fit for me because I could be resolved yes. in that story and then pick up another one later. Right. You could do one a month or one every other month. And that way you're still getting that mixture because we love all the books you suggest. I know you said at the beginning, we tend to have different books, but it's just so funny to me that that happens to be the case right now because I've read a lot of books because you recommended them. Oh, that makes me happy to hear. I do like a lot of the same books you do, just not not coming. (laughs) Yeah, I do tend to read heavier stuff too and not necessarily escapism. So this is good for me because I do need things like that, especially in the winter when I'm like trying to get through like the the cold weather and all that comes with it. So this is really good. I'm going to add that one to my stack. Yeah, I think you would really enjoy it. If I'm just feeling kind of blah, then it's reach for my best friends and go to Egypt with Peabody. I love and it. I've never read anything is... that's set in Egypt either. So that oh, sounds I love great. it. I just, oh, my husband was just yesterday. We should go to Egypt someday. Someday we'll save up and go to Egypt and do a tour of all the places Peabody went. Like I love it. Because it's just, it comes to life. It's one of those books where the setting is its own character. Okay. I can't you know, wait. Like I'm excited. Amazing. Well, thank you for that I, I'm suggestion. I'm excited to, to have you read it because I think you'll <laughs> love it. What do you have for us next? Then we go through the stage where I, I just don't feel like I have the mental capabilities to go through and solve a mystery or I want something new and different. Usually that means I'm reaching for extreme fictional escape, usually like a fairy tale retelling. Okay. My favorite of all time being Beauty by Robin McKinley. I picked this up... Actually, my little sister, Shelby, is probably more of a reader than I am. And she's in all of my same groups, but she's silent. She, like, never (sighs) participates. I love it. Hi, Shelby. I get all of my best reads from her. So she was in high school and went to the library and picked up this book and finished it and handed it to me and was like, read so we can talk. Ooh, (laughs) I love it. A sister It is the best retelling of Beauty and the Beast ever. Okay. Just ever. Beauty has two sisters. Her father loses 
all of the money and they have to go out and live in the country and try and make ends meet. And this country little house that they travel to has so many lore and stories about the forest and what's in the forest and trying to not drink well water because it could be in the water. You have to drink the special water and like all of these things. And they're like, well, where did this come from? This doesn't sound normal or <laughs> like these people are pulling our legs. Like, I think they're trying to pull a fast one on us. They don't want us to live this close to the forest for some reason. We don't know what's going on. Okay. Only, only for it to all be true by the end. Their father comes back from a trip and he's like, so I was given the option of staying with this guy as a prisoner or coming back. He would save my life if I sent one of my daughters. And they were all like, what? This cannot be happening. How can this be real? And he sends all of these magical like gifts with his father. So like they can't even doubt it. There's like satchels of gold and all of these things and seeds. And they're like, what is happening? Beauty, of course, volunteers to go. She was like, what do I have to offer? This is my way to help the family. Like I can do this. Once you get there, the castle is its own character and being. You have things coming to life and talking to you, but in a different way from the movie. Like okay. it's not, I can't even describe that part. The castle aspect is so enchanting filled and just moves around and changes. I guess most readers would probably be more familiar with like Hogwarts, how it comes to life and changes and the rooms do their own thing. That's very similar to how this castle, I guess, would react or play with the characters. Okay but just written long before. <laughs> so is this also a series or is this just... No, this okay. is a standalone book. Oh, yay. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's you know I'm all over that. You. <laughs> I will say that the beginning setup is slow. Okay. It does take you a while to finally get out in the country where everything's happening as they're telling their life story and getting it all set up for what's about to happen. But this is one of those books that I love to put into young girls hands who are like I'm not really a reader I don't enjoy reading I haven't found a book that's you know and I'm like it's just because you haven't found the right book yet and I hand them this book and I'm telling you every girl has come back to me and been like okay what do I read next oh I love that and I just love that that well, that's good. I do have a like, reluctant reader at my house and I, I think it takes a lot to get her motivated so this might be a good fit for her it, it just might. I hope so. Because Beauty, I mean, this is the book that when I got married, I had to buy my own copy because I wasn't allowed to take the one at the house. They were like, <laughs> no, this one stays here. I was like, well, I have to have this one. So I'm buying my own copy. Oh, I love it. Well, I can't wait to read this. This I, I've seen the cover. I know exactly what book you're talking about. I just really didn't know anything about it. And you make it sound like something I really need to add to my stack now. Yeah, it definitely disappears you into a different time and place with strong heroines. That's that's probably the the main theme in all the books I'm talking about and that I like is strong heroines defying the odds because that's just what I reach for when I, I guess I feel weak and unable to do things. Mm. You know, finding someone who's able to go against odds and come out victorious. I just love it. Oh, that sounds really good. And like something I really do need to. For sure. So what's your next book you have for us? The next type of escapism would probably be romance with character. Like I want more to my story. I want there to be a him and her. So in my mind, it would be like the ultimate rom-com movie. 
but in okay. book form. Yes. You know? I'm on That's board with that. Because the rom-com movies have not been great lately. No. They're not coming out with good ones where you get to see that character development and watch them fall in love. And I love it when they're like enemies or just kind of like they don't think they mesh well. And then watching as they realize they're perfect for each other. That's my per- that's that. my that's perfect probably theme. my favorite trope. So <laughs> mine too. Of that, I love "You Deserve Each Other" by Sarah Hogle. Oh my gosh, this book—they're already engaged at the beginning, which is different because most books they either don't know each other or barely know each other at the beginning, and you reach towards engagement. This one starts with engagement, but they've been engaged and they've decided they don't really like each other that they they need to break it off but they each want the other one to call it off so they start doing things to try and aggravate the other person so that they'll call it off (laughs) the mother-in-law is the perfect mother-in-law that everyone loves to hate i have a really good relationship with my mother-in-law i'm really blessed by my mother-in-law she's she's amazing you always love to hate someone in a book and since we're not going to hate either of our people because we want them to end up together it's a romance people that's not a spoiler you You want the happily ever after it's true always so the mother-in-law is like in everyone's business and thwarting and like treating her son like he's the precious little baby and you just love to hate her the most dissatisfying aspect of this book is at the end we don't get her reaction to the resolution So I, this is of all the books in your stack, this is the only one that I did read and I loved it. And I agree that when the side characters are as like enjoyable as the main characters, it really adds to the story. And the fact that she was so awful made it such an enjoyable, I mean, honestly, all the antics and the things that they're doing, the pranks and things somehow involve her in many ways and getting a reaction out of her is so satisfying to read. This one I was reading at bedtime next to my husband and started doing the snorting laughing and like tears rolling down my face and he was trying to sleep. Not very amused by this, but I kept reading these passages out loud because they were so hilarious. They're so funny. It was so, so good. I gave it five stars. I'm completely on board with this as a great escape. Yes, I was like, okay, I need more like this. This is like my perfect read. I loved that instead of it just being like, oh, we like each other. We'll live happily ever after. It became we'll fight for each other. Yes. And that real deep discussions that happened that are missing from a lot of rom-coms or a lot of romance books. Is it just becomes, oh, we've decided we're in love. The end. (laughs) You're like, what? There's more maturity needed in some of these books and these characters and i feel like we really got that with this which is hilarious because they're pulling pranks and stuff which is not really a maturity level but (laughs) and i'll say too this book for me the cover didn't look that great and i want to say that book club members were saying you should get this book this book is really funny and i just did because it was on sale i went into it with kind of not a lot of expectation and could not stop laughing through this whole book. I'm surprised that more people aren't talking about it because it was such a satisfying read. <laughs> yes, it was good. And I do think that the cover just doesn't do it justice because no, it doesn't they, jump it needs out to at be you. There's nothing so that special about it. the cover. But yeah. <laughs> the book is phenomenal. I highly recommend it. It's like 
the perfect rom-com. I would love to see it turned into a movie. I think it would be the best. It would be so great. I'd love to see who they cast for the mother-in-law for that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh Maybe Meryl Streep could pull it off. She'd be amazing. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, that would be a good fit. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. She I agree. That one's too. You Deserve Each Other by Sarah Hogle. For those of you that definitely want to check it out because it is so good. Another aspect of my reading, I, I love to travel. And I think that that has to do with I was a military brat. Okay. And we moved every couple of years. I've lived in 23 different homes. Oh, know? my goodness. I'm only in my 30s. So. <laughs> wow. Not many so people can say that. No, not many. And that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> but we spent 11 years in Europe and I got to see and travel and do. And then we moved to Korea and I got to go to see the Great Wall of China. Wow. And then I've been to New Zealand and Ireland. I mean, I, I love to travel. And it's probably been one of the biggest things I miss since being diagnosed and dealing with health issues and getting married and now raising a son is I just don't have money, time, energy to do any of that traveling. So I travel in my books instead. Yes, I get that. So my next book is The Lost Vintage by Anne Ma. Okay. What can you so tell us about this one? Our main character is Kate, and she is studying to be the master of wine exam, which is a really big deal. It's even bigger than studying to be a I'm going to butcher this word. The sommelier. Sommelier. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. I don't know. That's sommelier. what it looks like to me. I think it's sommelier. Okay. <laughs> but that fancy word they always talk about of people who know wines in restaurants. Yes. Which is funny because the one aspect that she's failing at for this exam is Burgundy Wines, which happens to be where her family has a vineyard in France. Okay. For Burgundy wines. So oh, well. huh. she decides to go back to her roots and go home. Her friend married a cousin. She went to stay with them and study and learn and help her while she's there. They're trying to clear out the basement of their home. And so her friend said, yep, I'll come help you. You'll let me stay with you and I can try out vintages nearby and kind of prep for this heavy exam. Because it's like her last time to take it. If she doesn't pass, she can't take it again. So it's a big lot of pressure, a lot of things from her past. She, you know, meets an ex that's there that they left things unsettled cuz she moved back to the states to do this and they were going to get married. So that's all in shambles. But in addition to traveling to France, this book also has a mystery aspect, but not in the solving a crime or aspect. It's there's something hidden in the past in their family that hasn't been passed down. Okay. So we end up having a dual timeline here from World War II of their ancestors from back then and how they hid stuff. And she's uncovering it. She finds all of these secret things that she didn't know. She's like, who do I talk to that would know? We find this picture. We found her trunk. We've found all of this. Who is this person? We don't mm -hmm. even know how we're related to her. What is her story? And I love that because I love having that that moment of roots as you realize they're going through their basement and finding stuff from ancestors from way back when. And I think because I moved around so much, I don't have that. I'm not going to go into my basement and find a trunk from some old ancestor that I don't know about. I've right. 23 times. Like <laughs> I only have what I have occurred from my home and my family. It's steeped in history and culture. 
in France, like you get to go around the town and discover it. And it, it was very true to having been there and visited. I it was just like going on a trip, but mm. I also got to travel to the past, which I loved. I don't want to give away what the real mystery is on that and what okay. happens. If you don't like to read anything that has any aspect to do with suffering in World War II, then you might want to gloss over some of the past sections. It won't hurt your reading of it, but there oh, is some good. of that life struggle going on in this dual timeline. And I love a dual timeline with historical fiction. I feel like now I expect it from my historical fiction reads because it breaks up the heaviness of those historical aspects where it makes it more digestible for you as a reader to not be like completely immersed in it the entire time to have these breaks of current day mishaps feel very relieving as a reader to have that break. Right. When I'm having bad days, I struggle with the somberness mm -hmm. of a whole book on that because it is very real and the things they did and struggled and went through. But at the same time, it's good to remember and know and see. And it's also a reminder that, you know, when days are hard, they could be so much worse. Yes. You know, when I look at some of the things that they went through and survived and you're like, maybe I can take a shower today. You know, <laughs> yeah. maybe I can get up. Maybe I can, you know, it just kind of emboldens you. Whereas some books where it's just really all about the hardship and everything, it kind of brings you down instead of encouraging you and revitalizing you. It makes you feel more depressed, you yeah. know, if you're just steeped in that because it just feels so defeated. Yeah. You know, so I love that aspect that it's just little chunks of it and it's mostly Kate and her journey and what she's going through. And this is another one that I bought and have not read. Like there should be a episode just on the gravesite of Amy's Kindle because I've got so many books that I want to read that everyone keeps talking about and I buy them and then I never get to it. And a couple people really liked this one. And now you've like pushed it back up for me for me to like read it because that does sound like a lovely escape because I also can't travel right now. It would be nice to get to do that through a book. And, and not have right. like the, the repercussions of <laughs> your medical issues, like coming back to haunt you. Like I can go to France from my bed. Like I can do yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I, I will say for this one, I highly recommend the audiobook because oh, okay. there are French words and accents from several of the characters. And I feel like that really helped with the setting was that Great. it was really authentic and well done. The narrator was amazing for this. Oh, that's good to know too. I always love a good audiobook. Yes. So I, I love that. I love when they are from another place and the narrator actually is able to put in that accent and pronounce some of the words that some of us aren't as good at. Right. Like whatever the wine guide person yes. is. <laughs> you would think since I listened to it, I'd be able to say it, but. It's okay. When you're a big reader, it's a brain dump after a book. A lot of times, at least for me, I, I can only like retain so much. I'm impressed how many books you remember so distinctly. I'm, I'm very, very <laughs> impressed right now by your list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you're too kind, honestly. I think you'll love it, though. So hopefully you do get that one read. I am going to add it. So what else do you have for us? So then another big thing for me is I love middle grade fiction okay. a lot, even as an adult. And I think I just didn't read enough of it as a kid. I don't know what I was doing, but apparently I missed out on tons of middle grade fiction in my life because I'm still 
reading tons of it. I didn't realize until you started asking me for favorites in books how much fantasy I read. (laughs) Well, because I told you, I didn't realize how much fantasy you read. I was excited because you do have a lot of fantasy picks and that's not something I read. For me, like with middle grade, I was an advanced reader and you probably were too based on what you're talking about. And so I skipped middle grade. I went right into like the mature young adult. And then I just went into the adult section without my parents' knowledge, which I I keep reminding them that I still turned out okay, even though I was (laughs) totally breaking the rules. We had a bookmobile that would come on our corner, which was lovely, like for someone who's a reader. And I take a big paper bag and I would go and get all the books I wasn't allowed to read and then hide them under my mattress. (laughs) I had a whole system. Because I grew up in a very religious house. And so the books that I was checking out were like V.C. Andrews and books that were very scandalous back in the day. Now they seem very immature compared to the plot lines that we're absorbing now. But back then, it was very risque to read V.C. Andrews. And I hid them under my mattress. So I think I skipped a lot of middle grade. But the middle grade, too, now I feel are more meaty and have better stories, aspects to it. So this is exciting because I skipped this genre. And I feel like my kids did a little bit, too. Yeah, I definitely feel like that's probably what happened is I just skipped middle grade and went straight to classics. Yeah. And that's what I read a lot of probably at middle grade was classics. All the Jane Austen, all the, you know, Aww. all of that stuff. So You're a better reader that. than me. Not V.C. Andrews, huh? Not garbage. <laughs> that would not have been allowed in my home. <laughs> yeah, I, I read a lot of garbage, but it was good for me. Like, it, yeah, it worked. Oh, totally. <laughs> so my next book would be Fable by Adrian Young. Okay. I loved the aspect of this. Fable has kind of been abandoned on this island to tend to herself against all odds, against all of these like cutthroat people. You're kind of wondering what happened to her? Why is she here? She has that orphan feel, but yet you kind of feel like she's not an orphan as you're kind of figuring out her story. She's a diver for metals and stuff. That's okay. how they get their their money for things is they then trade it in to the people who ship in for coin. She's trying to just get off this island to get back to the person who abandoned her on this island to say, hey, I did it. You know, I defeated the odds. You left me here to fend for myself and I did it. So now I've earned my place with you. And you're like, what is happening? Like, this is a child. But she ends up having magical abilities. The metals in the water send off songs to her. She can feel them and hear them. So she's one of the best divers there are. Someone ends up trying to capture, kill her, to get her stash of what all she's accumulated because they've realized something's different about her. So she ends up having to scrap her escape plan and just runs for it and tries to bribe her way onto this ship that she's been dealing with for years. And they end up taking her against all odds. And so then we end up with this piratey feeling book. Like they're pirates on the sea. You can tell that they're not flying under their real banner. There's all those questions about this ship she's flying on. There's only a small amount of crew and they're all younger. There's nobody older. They're all like her age. You have like this whole group of orphans running this pirate ship. And it is the best book. Oh, this sounds really good. And I bought this one too. (laughs) 
Again, I, I want to say that you were the one that said to buy it, and Probably. I did buy it, but I have not gotten to it. Is it a series book then? Or? So this book has two books. Okay. Um, and I will say you do want to have namesake handy when okay. Fable ends, because when Fable ends, you're like, because at first you're thinking, oh, everything's wrapping up. This is great. And then something happens and bam, the book ends. And you're like, what? Ooh. What happened? <laughs> Yay! Okay, so, I love it when there's a cliffhanger and I have a book to fulfill that cliffhanger so I yes. don't have to wait for it to come yes. out. So Namesake's already out. You just make sure you have both of them on hold and oh. you can go straight into the next one. Oh my goodness, I'm going to be busy. You have some really good picks this month. I love it. They're definitely good to pull out on bad days. So okay. just have them handy and then have a bad day and be like, oh, this is the book. <laughs> Well, I am definitely bookmarking all of these. And I apparently own a lot of the ones that you're talking about. And I needed you to talk me through it to be convinced to read them. So you're moving them up, moving them up. <laughs> awesome. So, so then what's... we'll enter probably the hardest part of my book life was the end of last year. We had given up our life in Oahu and moved here and moved in with my mom. And I was just so down and discouraged about where my health was. My doctor in Hawaii had just messed over my care totally. Mm -hmm. I was in really rough shape. The doctors here were appalled at the lack of care I got there. And I'm so sorry. It was just so hard to focus on anything. Even middle grade was starting to get hard, which is usually as low as I go. You know, it's just yeah. like, I don't know what to do. And my younger sister, who picks out all of my favorite books, said, um, hello, three mages and a margarita. Go pick it up. And I was like, really? This just three mages and a margarita? That does not sound like a real book. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Enter Guild Codex and Tori. And oh my word, I went down the rabbit hole of the Guild Codex because there are a lot of books and side characters that have their own books. And it is amazing. So Tori is a normal human being. She um, had a very rough life, was then in the foster care system, is now living with her brother who she feels abandoned her earlier in life. So she's trying to pay her own way, pay rent, and get out on her own. She's trying to find her legs, right? Okay. But she has a quick temper, and she has been trying to be a waitress. In the very beginning, the very first introduction to her ends up whacking someone over the head with her tray <laughs> in nice. the middle of the restaurant. <laughs> Needless to say, she was fired. And she's been fired like three or four times now in the town from this so nobody will hire her because they're like uh no yeah no. You you're problem. a hard worker but also uh quick tempered you have to be able to take a lot in that industry people being nasty to you you can't just react and whack them yeah <laughs> so she's trudging downtown and she finds a flyer on the ground for a bartender position and she thought well i don't have any experience in this but i could probably do this it's in the bad sort of town so they kind of might be in a hurt enough to take me on i'll just go apply while i'm out because i'm feeling discouraged and like i should start applying somewhere she goes into the crow and hammer to try and put in a resume the lady behind the bar is flustered claire is like 
oh, sure, sure. Here's your, you know, we'll take it. We'll look at it later. And she's like rushing around and then something happens and Claire has to go into the back room and the bar is a mess. So Tori's like, I'm just going to clean up here. So she just straightens everything and cleans it all up and sets it to order. And the lady comes back out and she's like, oh, you're still here. Wait, can you stay tonight? And we'll consider it like a trial and see how it goes. And Tori's like, sure. You know, so she decides to stay. People start coming in and they're all talking like she thinks they're in a gang or something. She's not sure what's happening. But people at the bar, like, acting like it's a meeting place and then treating her horrible. She's, like, lashing out back at them and enter the three musketeers of this group, Aaron, Kai, and Ezra. And Aaron is giving her such grief and she is giving it right back to him and like putting him in his place like, oh, I'm sorry. No, like she splashes a drink in his face. (laughs) She's like, well, that's it. Guess I'm fired. And Claire's like, no, no, you get to stay like that is needed here. You have earned your spot. We need someone (laughs) who's willing to be feisty. When it comes to signing paperwork the next day, Claire's like, no, no, I I need your, your identification number. And she was like, this this is my driver's license. And she was like, no, I need your real driver's license. What are you talking about? And then she's like, well, what's your classification? And she's like, classification? She's like, oh my gosh, you're human. As opposed to... Did you see anything strange last night? Or... And out of the corner of her eye, she sees fire coming out of Aaron's hand. And she's like, what? What is happening over there? And Claire's like, Aaron, put it out now. Stop. Stop! Put it out! And he's like, what? And Tori's like, do it again. Like, So Claire has obviously made a mistake, and this is a magical world's guild that she has stumbled into that she shouldn't have even been able to find because they have wards against that. It should have just brushed past her and her not really want to go in. That's kind of the magical feel that it's supposed to have, but for some reason, she's in. Oh my gosh. And so this book is about... Tori and her life with this guild and the crow and hammer and Ezra, Aaron, and Kai are bounty hunters taking down rogue mysticals who are going against the MPD, which is their magical police department, and bringing them into justice. So they're, they are fighting for good. It's, it's hilarious with all of the banter and comebacks, and but real life too in the aspect of she's fighting for her own in this world and fighting for her place now in a magical group where everyone feels like she's ordinary and has nothing to offer and she just proves them wrong time and time again so this sounds so fun actually this even sounds like one that my husband would enjoy with me we we could both get into this theme idea i think so it's they're quick easy reads but so fun so fun oh i can't wait to read these that sounds amazing I have recommended this book. I can't even name so many people. And they're like, well, day four and I'm on book seven. Thanks. (laughs) Nothing else in my life is happening (laughs) because they're just so awesome. Oh, I love it when you escape like that with a book series. Yes. That sounds amazing. That's probably my go-to for recommendations if people are like, nope, I'm just giving up on life. I'm like, okay, pick up the Guild Codex. You'll have a great life. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad you recommended that. I'm excited to read it. Yeah, Annette Marie does such a great job with that series, and they she's changed it. She recently came out with the uh, Crystal Druid is the latest, and it's on one of the side characters later on. And so each character starts spinning out into some of their own little stories. So definitely recommend going to her website to see the reading order because they have little spinoffs that intertwine with the current storyline going on. 
Okay. I can't wait to read those. They sound amazing. And I love that she does that because her side characters have so much depth. You need that because you're like, well, I want to hear more about so-and-so. Like, what happened there when they came in? Like, what is going on? And so she just wrote a book about what was going on with them. And it's fabulous. That sounds really fun. I need an adventure series like that to get away with. Definitely. Definitely. I think it's perfect. So I think you have one more to share with us. If I'm yes. not mistaken, and it's one I have not heard about again. The, the, some of these I've never heard of, and they all sound so good. So yes, what's your it's next a shame. one? So Moon Called is the Mercy Thompson series by Patricia Briggs. Okay. The covers on these books look like they are slutty and horrible, and you're just like, why would someone read this book? For some people, if that's your jam, that's okay. No, no judgment here. No. But I came from a very religious background, and there was no way we'd be allowed to read anything even remotely close to the covers of it's these sometimes, books. Sometimes like, it's disappointing because I do think sometimes it, it's mismarketed. You know? It is I- definitely mismarketed because the people who want that are going to be disappointed because... I think there's one kiss at the end in <laughs> Moon Called. Like that that's it. Like Yeah. That was my experience <laughs> so there just is recently. Yeah. A romance interest, which I love. You can tell there are sparks flying between two characters. I don't think that I've recommended any books yet today that don't have that because I love that in my books. Yeah. Mercy comes from a complicated past. She has some secret abilities that she's inherited from a dad she's never met. She gets to change into a coyote at will, which also puts her outside of the shifter packs because she doesn't belong to anyone. She doesn't have any people. It's a forgotten thing. So she's kind of been on her own since she was little with strong ties to the werewolf packs. Okay. Just because they're similar and she has to be under somebody. So she's outside of their pack, but she gives a nod to his authority. I guess okay. would be a way to put it. But she she's a mechanic, a car mechanic of all things. So she's a tough girl and she has plenty of sass and fun. And the alpha lives out her back window. She can see him, his house on the other side. And when he does things to annoy her, she does things right back. <laughs> so like he hates clutter and out of order. He's very organized. He doesn't like dirt and all of that. She like puts out a busted car in her backyard to face his house so that he has to look at it every day. (laughs) You know, just those little kind of like that pranks feel of you deserve each other. Yes. Is kind of in there too. They have that little back and forth that they're constantly one-upping each other. And she also has this tendency to find herself in lots of scrapes and needing help out of them. Okay. That's the fun aspect there is mercy and the things she gets into and then adam having to come to her rescue and her pretending that she doesn't need him to come and rescue her (laughs) so lots of sass lots of strong female characters that's kind of my jam yes well that one sounds really good too and how many are in this series do you know one just came out so i think we're at 18 oh wow so this one we could be committed for a while also one of those you could read a book and stop each time like the story continues but not in a way where you're that was not an ending yeah kind of like the peabody books okay where you gain through all of the characters and their growth and you learn more about her past in each book and different things that happen but you could be satisfied with a book every now and then you won't want to you're going to read book one and be like and i want more of those people because they're now awesome oh my gosh you've given us so much 
to read. And I'm so excited for our listeners to get to read these books and talk to you about them too, because you have your Instagram account, which I just want to plug one more time. It's at <laughs> reading with K, which is R E I D I N G with K. And you can follow her on Instagram. She stylizes the books so beautifully. So everyone should follow her and get to know all of these other books that she's reading so that your books can be expanded and you can read more and more with Christina. And I'm so grateful to you for showing up today and sharing this with us because I don't know what I would have talked about this week had I not had such great guidance on a topic. I love this idea that we can escape all of the hard things with books. Yes. And I was so excited. I was literally freaking out when you messaged me and asked. I was like, oh my gosh. I'm like messaging Shelby. Help me. What am I doing? This is crazy. And she's like, chill. You've read like how many books this year? You'll be fine. Yeah. You are a great guide. I'm so thankful for you. I hope you'll stop by again and do this with me again in future episodes, because I think this is the perfect kind of topic for so many people. We're not the only ones that are struggling and on the struggle bus, especially right now. It's nice to know that books are there in hard times. Yes. Thank you so much. Always able to grab a book. Thank you.